Welcome to With Heart and Wonder. This is a place for us to explore heart-centered living and to celebrate what it means to live with wonder, with awe and appreciation for the possibilities that are within us and around us. I'm Megan Johnston, and I am truly so honored and excited that you are here. Let's dive in and journey together. This is episode 20 of With Heart and Wonder. I am, as always, just so inspired and excited that you are joining in for this episode. We've got Jenna Switzer here with us today. And Jenna and I know each other from the Ottawa yoga community, though she is currently living her best life in Bali. And Jenna really is such a ray of positivity. She brings so much enthusiasm to life and to her passion for yoga. In this episode, she shares how her yoga journey has brought her to her current work on pleasure, the pelvic floor, and feminine energy. I love how bright she shines in our conversation together, and I love how much it shows that she is aligned with her heart and listening to the wisdom within. I really hope it inspires you to do the same and that it inspires you to start to explore how you can bring more pleasure into your own life. Here we go. Jenna, I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. And I'm so excited because we're able to have this conversation right now with you sitting in Bali. And it just like, it looks so magical, even just from the little, the little bit I can see beyond where you're sitting right now on video. So welcome to the podcast. And I would love for you to just do a little introduction about you and your story and just tell the world who Jenna Switzer is. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I love this. And there's a 12 hour difference between you and I, and it's, um, sometimes it's really tough, but like, it's also actually quite convenient because it's easy to remember. And I can just like welcome you to this beautiful day that I've already lived through. And it was amazing. So I can tell you, you're going to have a great day. Oh, I love that. So my name is Jenna Switzer. I'm a yoga teacher. I teach yoga teacher trainings. I teach retreats, events all that kind of stuff. I am, I, I'm at a loss as to whether I'm based in Canada or Bali at this point, <laughs> but uh, I'm currently in Bali. I've been in Bali since January, so about uh, five months now. And uh, people always ask me if I'm here, like if I meant to come here or if I'm stuck. And uh, I, a bit of both, you know, like I didn't know there was going to be a pandemic, but I'm also not mad that I'm in Bali during a pandemic. I will also tell you that I have this little koi pond outside, and no matter what I do, I can't drown out the frogs that night. So if you hear that little noise in the background, those are the, those are the frogs from the koi fish pond, and I wish I could silence them, but there's no silencing them. <laughs> this sounds delightful. I'm so sad. I can't hear them coming through oh, right no? now, but we'll have to see on the recording. Yeah, if anyone else can hear the frogs, I'm excited to hear. I was wondering because there's kind of like this, like in your background, you know, I see a tree and I see like what looks like water and it just, oh, so I just, I really wish I was in Bali with you right now <laughs> is, is the moral of the story. <laughs> so tough because I get so excited and I want like, I want to invite everybody to come to Bali to be with me. <laughs> like it's a pandemic, nobody's traveling, but like, it's so beautiful here. And the people who are here are so lovely that I just like, 
I just want to share all the good vibes and all the good energy. And I, I can't, like, I can't. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's definitely like coming through in your smile and your voice. Right now. And, and it is like, it's a little bittersweet for me because when the pandemic started, I actually was, was on my way to, we're yes! supposed to be on my way to Bali for a training. We were talking about maybe meeting up and, um, and that Bali trip never happened. And so I, I definitely will be looking to get to Bali as soon as I can in the future once this is over, because I just, I always hear such wonderful things. Can you tell us like, so we know each other from Ottawa, yep. like what has kind of brought you to Bali? I know you lead a yoga teacher training there, but I also know that we ran into each other in between kind of teaching classes um, at Pranashanti uh, a few months before you left. And I was kind of saying like, oh, Jenna, how long are you going for? And you were like, I have no idea. You know, like it, it definitely like sounded at that time, at least like when you started this journey, that it was going to be a little bit of an adventure. Yeah. Like you didn't necessarily have um, firm plans to come back. I don't know if that was always the case, but like, like what has this like adventure looked like for you? <laughs> Oh man. Well, I had, I had a really tough year last year, just like trying to align with what, you know, like, especially when you teach yoga, you teach yoga because you love it. You don't teach yoga because you think you're gonna be famous or you're gonna make lots of money or like you do it because you're really passionate about it. And the more you teach, the more you kind of like are, are going into these niches. And I've been teaching anatomy for a long time. I super, super love anatomy. I think it's really interesting. Um, I like, as you know, I teach teacher trainings. I co-lead one here in Bali and I've been leading them at Pranashanti for a long time. And, um, then I'm part of the 300 hour teacher group at, um, at Pranashanti as well. So I teach an advanced teacher training and it was in anatomy. And then I started on this, um, started teaching pelvic floor work over the last few years because it's really been like created a monumental shift in my life. And so I was kind of like taking these steps in, in this passion career that I have, but really feeling like I was missing something. Um, and after a pretty stressful year, I have, people have always made jokes to me when I come to Bali, I've been coming for three years and they're always like, Oh, we're surprised you came back. And I was like, of course I'm going to come back. And then this year I went to Nicaragua in November and I was like, wait a second. I don't like, I don't have anything in Ottawa. That's, that's making me come back. And it just so happened. Usually you, you book things out like months, if not years in advance. And it just so happened that I had nothing set in stone for the next 12 months that couldn't be rescheduled. And so I was like, all right, well, I'm going to take this leap of faith and I'm going to travel for a year. In my brain, I told myself I was going to travel for a year. What I told people was I, I didn't know how long I was going to travel because I was scared I was going to get lonely in like the first couple of weeks and just like want to come home. So I was like, I don't know. We'll see. But in my brain, I was kind of like giving myself a year to, um, to be out and just see like kind of where I was called. And um, I firmly believe that like when you're looking for the direction that your passion should go, um, and you stay open to the universe, like you, you're guided the way you should go. And so I knew that I needed to travel and I didn't even know where I was going to go or how I was going to get there. Yeah. And then I kind of had planned that. And then I had a few opportunities, like really great opportunities, including teaching at the yoga conference in Toronto line up for April. And so I had three different things for April. So I, I taught a yoga teacher training here in February 
stayed and just relaxed for the month of March. And then in April, I was planning to come back to Canada. And right before I, it was like three days before I was supposed to get on the plane, all these events got canceled. And so I was like, well, this is my sign. Like I'm meant to keep traveling. I'm meant to, I'm meant to stay over here. And so I canceled my flight and, uh, you know, was I going to stay here? Was I going to go back to go somewhere else? And I ended, I've been in this really sweet little surf and yoga village. It's mainly surfers now. <laughs> the yogis have all gone home except for me, <laughs> but, uh, it's a little sweet town on the, on the ocean. And we're in like, I can't really call it a quarantine, but we're locked into the village. We, we can't leave the village for more than an hour. And so I've been getting to know some pretty amazing people that also got locked into this little village. And yeah, so that's, that's how I got here. And as I said, like when you stay open, I really, really believe like you're open and you're receptive. The universe has like just mind blowing things to like bring into your life. And so I had spent a month just trying to relax and I was really um, wanting to explore feminine energy. And we can talk more about that later. But after I'd spent that month, I had the opportunity to rent this villa that I'm in right now for a six month period. And it just so happened that my visa could be extended for six months. So I took it as a sign I moved in. It is um, probably the nicest villa in this village. It's a huge three story elaborately decorated like beautiful backyard with a swimming pool and a koi fish pond and like it is just breathtakingly beautiful view of the ocean like I just walked down so and it's like probably half or a little bit less than what I paid for my apartment in Ottawa so it's it's just oh like gosh. yeah it's just been overwhelming and there are two adorable dogs and three cats and I love animals. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's been really incredible. So that's what brought me here. That's how I got here. <laughs> I love this story. And I love, um, I love how you kind of share this like openness and faith and trust in the universe and like, just like letting things unfold. And I feel like, uh, I love that you brought this up because we were, we were chatting a little bit before we started recording and, and chatting about you finding yourself in this village. And I just like got this sense of just like, I feel like everything has like unfolded in a way that has been really aligned for you. Like what you said about, you know, being in this place coming off of a stressful year and then like looking ahead and saying like, wow, I have this freedom and possibility. And then taking that leap is really incredible. And I, I want to talk a little bit about that just before we dive into the incredible work that you're doing around feminine energy and um, pleasure and the pelvic floor. But like, I think you were presented with this really, interesting like moment of of being in this place of of maybe feeling like things weren't totally aligned and then looking ahead and saying like okay there's so much possibility here and I think a lot of people who might find themselves in that kind of situation in life might not have made the leap and like might not have decided to like travel the world like was that an easy choice for you like is that kind of like part of your personality like was there fear you talked a little bit about the fear of potentially being in this space of feeling lonely like what what did it take for you to to take what is maybe like a big brave move or like was that supernatural a bit of column a a little bit of a column b um i 
I have a very, I have a very strong personality. So when I make a decision, I like, I tend to really, really stick to it. Um, but as far as making the decision itself, it's when you make a decision, that's the right decision for you and you know it, it's not hard to make the decision right now. All of course. Yeah. When it's coming from that intuitive place. Absolutely. So that part wasn't hard because when I got back from Nicaragua, it was the first time I'd ever come back to Ottawa and not been excited to land. Like we have such a great community of yogis in Ottawa and coming home has always been very exciting for me. I can't wait for my next class, my next workshop, my next event. And it was the first time that I was just like, I don't even know what I want anymore. And it was such a foreign feeling that I was like, okay, this isn't how I want to feel. I want to feel aligned and passionate and excited. And um, I want I want those things. And I, I have always felt them in my work and in teaching in Ottawa. And then I didn't. So yeah, so making the decision was easy. What was hard is leading up to it is because, you know, um, you know, relationships that I had that really mattered to me, like friendship, romantic, like these people who really mattered in my life, I was making a decision to leave them. And that's tough, you know, like, and, and again, I knew this decision was super aligned. I knew it was the right decision for me to make, but it's, it's still hard. You're like, am I making a mistake? Like, am I, and people tell you you're making a mistake. A lot of people have a lot of opinions <laughs> about what you should and shouldn't do with your life. And, and traveling um, indefinitely is not on a lot of people's list of, yeah, most people are like, well, you know, this is impractical. Like you have a great career, you're doing very well. Like you have a lot of forward momentum. Why would you leave now? Why wouldn't you? And I, that was the hard part. That was the really hard part. And then second guessing yourself, not because your inner self is doubting the whole time. Your intuition is like, don't be dumb. You know, this is the right thing, but it is really hard when you let other people kind of talk to you and influence your, like your mindset and that kind of stuff. So it, it definitely had its ups and downs moments, but, uh, but I, I can't say there has been even like not even a second have I regretted the decision, not even a second. Like even when there was a pandemic, even when I was getting locked down in this village in Bali, even when like, you know, they're saying it's going to be six months and you don't know what's going to happen. And you're, you know, you're an expat in someone else's country. Like not one second did I ever think like, Oh, I made a mistake. I've, I've always, I've just been in the right place and I've known it. So it's, it's super rewarding and worth it. That's so incredible. And what I really love is just like how much there is in you, like this trust for that inner knowing within and, and that like trust and belief in, in what is needed to like bring yourself back into like that place of alignment and passion and joy. And I just, I feel like that is so inspiring. So like, thank you for sharing that story. And, um, I think one of like the big takeaways in what you were saying, I think for me and, and hopefully for some of you listening is like, when we do take the risks that like feel most in alignment, like there is opposition and like people with opinions around us. And it takes like um, that strength and faith in, in that voice inside yourself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And knowing 
Uh, man, it's tough because people you expect to really support you and, and, and trust your own, like they don't necessarily. So it is, it's tough. And it's, if you have put yourself in a situation where you're not, your friends aren't in the same headspace, that can be really, really tough, you know, to have your close friends telling you that what you're doing is a mistake, especially if you know it's a line and you're trying to make the steps forward. So it's definitely a tough, I didn't have too much um, friendship opposition. A lot of my, a lot of my friends were, were very, very supportive and loving and caring and still like, you know, I have one good friend who let me store my stuff at her house and for all she knows, it could be years, you know? <laughs> so I'm very, very blessed to have such great friends. Oh, that's beautiful. So let's talk about pleasure because you have definitely, you, um, you were kind of saying, uh, have, built like a real like forward momentum and and this incredible career and I think that is so true and and you really um you've led so many yoga teacher trainings like <laughs> I, is it eight nine now that you've led yeah yeah I honestly I <laughs> something like that <laughs> um and then now you've really started to like pour your heart into um this work around pleasure can you tell us like a little bit about like the seeds of inspiration for this um and and what it is that it looks like right now yeah absolutely I I was so excited you're giving me an opportunity to talk about this because I am just lit up all the time and I'm pretty sure the people of the village are just like all right Jenna we don't need to hear about it anymore and I'm like but you won't believe Fred you know <laughs> <laughs> so it started, um, it's really funny because once I started working on this Our Pleasure course that's just in its last week, and when I was working on it, I had this flashback to being a kid, and I remember, like, I don't know if I was, like, probably 10 or 11, and I was, like, imagining I was, like, a queen or a princess, and then I was, I, I have this vivid memory that I was, like, had this special superpower to make people feel good that like people would come to me and ask me how they could just like feel really good all the time. And then I would have this like magical power that I could teach them. And I was like 10 or 11 and I had totally forgotten about it until I started working on this course. And I was like, Oh my gosh, isn't that crazy? Like maybe, maybe it's been like my whole life it's been building and I'm just seeing the pieces now. So as I said, I've been teaching anatomy and physiology, biomechanic type stuff since, well, I was interested in it my first teacher training um, about eight, nine years ago. And well, no, eight years ago. And it's, it's really evolved because I was so interested in it. Um, I mentored under Todd LaVictoire, who's super, super knowledgeable and just like someone who's always growing and expanding his own knowledge. So it's very inspiring to work with him. And so I was given opportunities to learn and grow quite quickly. And so then I was very passionate to share it but it always felt a bit like surface level. Like I remember a student telling me one time, they're like, oh, it's, it, you know stuff about anatomy, but this teacher knows about like the spirituality of yoga. And I remember feeling like, oh my gosh, like, you know, yoga is so much to me. It, it's so much more than just the physical side, but I'm so interested in the physical side. So I, I kind of had this like balance in my head and I was like, you know what? People get truly empowered through knowing about their body. I'm passionate about it. I'm just going to keep going. And then the Me Too movement hit and it really brought about to my awareness things that had happened in my life and how common it is uh, to have experienced trauma that would affect the musculature of the pelvic floor, especially for women. So 
I'm focusing, I've been focusing mainly on working with women because the topics around pelvic floor trauma can be quite vulnerable. And so I, I always want there to be a small group of, of women who feel they can share and like others can relate. So I started running these pelvic floor workshops, which started to combine the like anatomical stuff that I love, but then also talking a lot about root and sacral chakra. And your root is your sense of grounding, earthing, like kind of slowing down, staying connected. Um, and then your sacral chakra is about your creative energy, your pleasure, uh, like your sense of fluidity, your ability to adapt in life. So I was combining chats about these energetic centers with physical, like the anatomy of the pelvic floor. And it was having a huge impact. And these workshops that I was running kept selling out and kept selling out. And I really, really love them. I've been working recently with um, Rochelle Marcotte and she's a pelvic floor physiotherapist. And so her and I have combined and um, we've taught a lot. And it's been, again, really incredible. And then it's, it's like, it got to a point where I was like, I don't know if this is it. Like I still had this little feeling that there was something a little bit more. So after the yoga teacher training here in Bali, I was uh, looking for a place to kind of like settle down and just like, you know, decide what my next steps were going to be. And I ended up renting a villa actually on the other side of the wall of the retreat space where we ran the teacher training. So like on the same beach, basically. And I decided that I wanted to explore this concept of feminine energy. So your feminine energy is kind of, it's associated with the moon. It's more of a, like a flowy, you can think of like water. It's very watery. It's very traveling and moving and it's not, it doesn't like to be limited, right? You think about a, a river, like sometimes a river's high, sometimes a river's low, sometimes it's going super fast, sometimes it's going super slow and you can't, you can, you can create a dam in it, but eventually the water will just break through. Like feminine energy is persistent, but it's, it's all these things. And if I'm super candid with you, I always thought that if you were in your feminine energy too much, you'd never get anything done because the masculine energy is like, you know, we're going to do A, B, C, and D. We're going to get this stuff done. You know, here's the, you know, like earthy and grounded and contained and stable. And so it, it, it's productive <laughs> is what I thought. I thought if you were, you're masculine, you're productive. If you're feminine, you're airy fairy, like, but I wanted to, I wanted to explore it more. So I figured I'd give myself a month off and just see what happens when you really dive into feminine energy. And so I kicked it off with a tantric yoni massage. So a tantric yoni massage is a um, full body massage experience for women given by a woman. And your, like your pelvic floor is massaged as well as everything else. And it's very um, much an energetic uh, exchange between the two women, except for uh, that's not necessarily true. So I'll take that back about the energetic exchange. Basically, it's you allow yourself to have an experience and to be seen by another woman. And there's no expectations. You don't do anything. It's just being given something. And as women, we have a really hard time not doing for other people. We always want to be like, you know, like if you bake me cookies, then I want to bring you dinner, you know, or if, if someone gets dinner this time, I'm going to get, you know, like we're, we're just doers as women. We, it's really hard for us just to receive. So it was 
um, quite the experience and really um, helped me feel a new energy in my body just about being a woman and the power that's in it. And I, I kept saying that I, I felt like I was in this state of like turn on, like not just like sexually, but like energetically, I was, everything was really just more experiential. And, you know, I went swimming at sunset and I would just like sit there and just be overwhelmed by like the colors and the sensation of the ocean and the beauty of the moment. And, and I, I was, like I said, I was just overwhelmed. It was so incredible. And the people I was meeting, I, I had like a calm patience that I, you know, I tend to get very excitable. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> so, but I <laughs> like calmness to me and, and it didn't matter like who was coming or going. I just felt really at ease. And, you know, if I did get a little bit stressed, it was much easier to calm myself down. So then I was like, okay, well, uh, how can I feel this way more consistently? Like, and can I move this into being productive? So that's when I started to kind of have this idea that like, okay, I want to create an online course, but I don't want to lose this feeling, this feeling that I have right now, this like feel good flow, do what I like to do. Can I maintain that and still create a course? And when you're creating a course, it's a lot of like behind the scenes stuff that gets boring. So like, you know, you're, you're creating manuals and you're doing writing and you're doing drafts and your first draft sucked. Your second draft's okay. Your third draft, you threw everything out. You started all over again. You know, like it's that kind of stuff. You record a video and the frogs are too noisy. You record a video and the dogs start barking. And so it's, it's a lot of things that, you know, you have to kind of step into a masculine role and be like, okay, we're going to do A, B, C, and D. So I was curious to see, could I maintain this state of feminine flow and still get the work done. And it was, it's been wild. I have only done what felt super aligned and good and exciting. And it went, it's, it's gone better than I could have imagined. Like even marketing, I didn't want to put too much time into marketing. I wanted to put my time into creating the content So I was like, well, you know what? If two people sign up, two people sign up, whatever. Like my goal is 10, but if two people sign up, that's fine. And then by the end, I had 11 people sign up. And I I just only did things that felt amazing. And it, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. So it's been really amazing to maintain this state of feminine energy and flow. And um, what comes with that is pleasure, right? doing what feels really, really good, and then seeing how much of a positive impact that has on, on those that I'm sharing it with. So yeah, that's kind of a long story to get you to <laughs> um, how I, how I pleasure train, but yeah. Oh no, but it's so good. I, it, I, um, it was, it was just perfect because I think it, the trajectory that you walked us through um in terms of like your own evolution of like thinking about things and thinking about this journey and path of yoga that you're on and like coming into your wholeness I feel like oh there was just so many beautiful nuggets there and and I love like can you like share a little bit because I think your story started to illuminate some of the reasons why like women may have 
more trouble like accessing pleasure and in part it's because of like like you talked about like the fact that um we kind of think that like that feminine energy and we think that like pleasure that that there's something wrong with it that like if we want to be like productive and successful that it like it necessitates almost like putting pleasure in a box and just moving through life without it when in fact like it often is from the most like joyful states that we're actually able to create and serve others and so I think it's it's like a really interesting thing for us to like chat about a little bit more like what is it and like can we just talk a little more even about your experiences of like some of the obstacles that people have and maybe they're coming up in the courses people share too like around like tapping into and claiming the they're they're really like divine and birthright to like access pleasure yes so you know anatomically our bodies are designed to experience ridiculous amounts of pleasure right and that's just if we look at sexual right we're we're physically designed for it way more than men so like just in that in and of itself it's mind-blowing how much guilt and shame and all these things we have around feeling good and you know it can come from you know a casual comment someone said to you or you know, you looked up and all the women in your life were in masculine roles, right? So doctors or lawyers or, you know, um, you know, nobody wanted to be a stay-at-home mom or being a stay-at-home mom was looked down on. Or if they were a stay-at-home mom, they, they weren't considered to be as successful as, you know, these doctors or lawyers or whatever. And, and so often we get this like vibe that if we're in our masculine, good things happen. And if we're in our feminine, less good things happen. And you know, if we're, if we're doing things that feel good. So you think of like, I don't know, what's a good example. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in a surfer town. You think of like a surfer beach bum, right? Sure. They're doing what, what feels good, but like, are they really productive members of society? You know, like I can just like almost hear, hear my dad right now, <laughs> but it's, it's not true. Like we, we have these like polar ideas in our head, but just because you feel good doesn't mean Oh my gosh. It's like the opposite of like success, like not successful. Your ability to feel pleasure is your ability to be successful. To me, like a measure of success would be how much pleasure can you experience moment by moment? Because that's all we have. And I think, especially in this pandemic, like you're realizing that all this stuff that you are doing and going and being it means nothing when you're just at home by yourself, right? If you can't experience pleasure, then like really what do you have? Like it's it's so tough. So women especially, like I won't go too much into um, like the patriarch and all that stuff because I think there are a lot of men doing a lot of really good work now. And I think we're it's better to focus on the positive of what we're doing rather than the negative. We have definitely, there's a collective um, kind of push down of women getting to um, radiate pleasure and be expressive of their pleasure. But I think that we do a disservice by focusing on, on like, oh, this person did this or that person did this. It's like, okay, these are the situations that happened in my life. How can I move forward? How can I still experience pleasure? Even though I was taught growing up that women, 
you know, are not supposed to be like blissed out all the time and, and that kind of thing. They're supposed to be, you know, getting the work done just like men or however you want to phrase that. Yeah, I would, um, I'd love to chat a little bit about like how we can find more ways to like tap into pleasure. But I want to also talk about, because you brought this up, this idea of, um, of trauma and the fact that like that, and and you were talking about that, especially in relationship to, um, the pelvic floor Mm -hmm. and, and we can talk about it with the pelvic floor, but I also, I think like for me, when it, it comes to thinking about like accessing the feminine and, and trauma and, um, and pleasure, like one of the, the things that I feel like sometimes needs to be worked through in order to do that from my experience is like, is that there can be a lot of like emotion. And, and I think that's really related as you were talking about to like that root and sacral chakra Mm. and like our feeling of like security and safety and belonging and our, our feeling of, of, um, I think in a way too, like following the rules and like that idea of like being a productive member of society and being successful, like it all comes from that, that root and sacral energy. And so like, what are some of like the beliefs or the emotions that might need or the traumas that might need to be like worked through in order to even come to a place? Because I think for some people, like even just hearing the idea of like inviting more pleasure might feel like a little, like, I don't know how to do that. Like, or like, like it might feel overwhelming. Yeah. So I started really small Um, because again, if you think coming from an anatomical background, I'm very much like I need it to be real in order for me to buy into it. So for a long time, chakras were a big, tough subject for me because I'm like, you know, there's no spinning balls inside your body. There's no red down there, orange up there, like, ah, you know, but, uh, I mean, I take it back. (laughs) They, they might physically be there, but energetically I have zero doubt. And the more, especially the more women that I talk to, even women who know nothing about chakras, their stories and the way they describe things are so aligned with our concepts around these energies that it's so true. So um, I've always had a really tough time with feeling grounded. Um, Anna Dada Judith wrote a bunch of books on chakras. I did a training with her and she uh, had us do a lot of grounding work she also associates your sensation of of like a strong root chakra energy to what was happening from the time you were born I think it's to 18 months or two years and so my parents were getting divorced when I was quite young and so there would have been a lot of like we moved into a new apartment and then a new house and so there would have been a lot of moving during that time in my life so you know, it could be possibly that's where my lack of grounding. So I do things like every day I walk barefoot. So whether I'm in Canada, in my apartment, um, always in the summer, I try to spend time barefoot. I started planting a lot in the winter, like uh, dealing with my plants and like buying new plants and that gets your hands in the earth. So you're getting that kind of reminding of grounding. I try to have, I try to maintain something that I do every morning when I first wake up, that's the exact same thing every single day. And these are things that really help me to feel grounded and help me keep that energetic um, area of my body functioning well. So 
it's kind of a running joke in this village because everybody's a surfer except for me. I don't surf. I might try it someday. I haven't surfed yet. Um, but I am on the beach every single morning um, between 5.45 and 6 a.m. And I watch the sunrise every single day. And it's just something to keep consistent, to keep give me that sense of grounding. My feet are in the sand. I'm really connected to the earth, but the ocean is there. So there's that water element. And it really, really helps me to tap into these energy centers that I've been really focusing on working with. So if we move that up to the next energetic center, which is your sacral chakra, which is your place of creativity and pleasure, which that blew my mind when I discovered that creativity and pleasure were from the same place energetically, because I've always considered myself not to be a creative person. I did never really want to until I experienced a trauma. And then all of a sudden I wanted to take art classes. I wanted to take ukulele classes. I wanted to do all these like, in my mind, weird artistic expressions. And then when I was learning about the energy centers, I was like, oh my gosh, this is coming to me because my body, like I know that in order to heal this pleasure, a simple way that I can do that is by expressing myself creatively. And so it's like, again, my intuition was like, you know this here, like try all these different venues and this is going to help you heal and move forward and have an, a safe, well-functioning energetic center for the sacral chakra. So that's also linked to pleasure. So like whether you like to draw or make music or dance or move free or play in the water or there's so many ways to express yourself creatively, like teach cool yoga classes. That's an artistic expression. Um, doodle, uh, color, there's all kinds of things. Um, but that helps you tap into your ability to feel pleasure. Um, Brené Brown talks a lot about the importance of play in order to live a wholehearted life. And that's the same thing. Like being able to access play is being able to access your creativity. Absolutely. I really love in, in kind of your response there because I think um, like sometimes we, we go like too far to one end of the spectrum and, and like, we'll, we'll be like, okay, I'm just going to live this like free flowing life with like no structure or routines. And then there's the other where we're like so rigid that there's no space for flow and play. And it really is like finding that sweet spot for us because like, especially when it comes to grounding and feeling safe and feeling, um, supported, like those like routines that enable pleasure can be so powerful and like that idea of like setting aside time to like watch the sunrise every day or to walk barefoot um and like get like in a way like scheduling to a, to a degree, like moments to experience, um, like coming into our senses. Like, I think a lot of us need that, like in that like sweet spot of the marriage between the, the two kind of sides of like structure and flow can be a really, a really sweet spot to be. Yeah. And, and things like, so I have this little altar that I made with my Lakshmi and she's, we'll, we'll say the goddess of femininity, right? And feminine empowerment. And so I had her in abundance and uh, I had her on my little altar at home. I have like a few little crystals that I like, and I brought that whole setup with me. So during the yoga teacher training, it's really important to me that I stay like grounded and uh, in that strong root element because there's a lot of things going on with people as they go through this experience. So that groundedness is really important for me. So one of the ways that I do that is I have this little altar and it goes everywhere with me. 
and I set it up in some little space because it's a it's a consistent reminder of things that really really matter to me. So yeah, I totally agree. We get we get there. It's like oh, I want to experience pleasure. Okay, well I need to schedule an hour tonight after the kids go to bed where I can like have a bath and have candles. And then you get to the end of the night, and you're like oh, I forgot to buy bubbles, and I don't really want a bath without bubbles. Okay, well pleasure tomorrow night. It's not like that at all. It's light a candle, you know, like splurge on like one of those cute, I love 11 love designs. So they have these like candles that smell delicious. They have crystals at the bottom and they have sparkles and, you know, like splurge on a little something like that, that you can light every single night, you know, when, when it gets dark and, and that'll give you pleasure. Or, uh, you know, I started focusing when I bought clothes on what the material feels like against my skin. And that gives me Absolutely. pleasure. You know, like it's so simple. It doesn't have to be this big complicated thing. It's it's just little things. Like you're saying, like these daily habits or, you know, if your life is too unpredictable, have daily habits. There's so many things you can do that are just simple and empowering. For me, I've noticed especially like it, it really helps me if I'm like having an off day or feeling disconnected from myself, like this, the senses are what I turn to. And so like one of my go-tos is like essential oils and like feeling like, like gravitating to oils that just like bring me like this sense of like, like whether it's comfort or inspiration or energy yeah. or the same thing with like drinking tea or like, um, like having water that has like mint or lime or like, and just kind of like being with like that mindfulness of experiencing the presence of the senses, I feel like is like one of our easiest ways to access pleasure. Yes. I totally agree with that 100%. And like you, scent is such a triggering, um, sense for us. So like absolutely have something that you, I have um, a friend of mine, Kat Edwards, gave me a little blend for my trip and I've been using it sparingly, but I always use it as like a reminder of like, you know, feminine friends that like love and empower me from far away. And I'll just like do a little bit and smell it because I just really love that. I think I such a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. So all of these like little, little ways. Do you have any other, like if you were to give someone if the number feels stressful, yeah. don't worry about it. But if you were to give someone like three tips for like starting to bring more pleasure into their life, yep. what would that look like? Uh, the first one is always breathing. Always, 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 always breathing. Mm. Because, and like as simple as how good it feels to take a really deep, long breath in and then just like sigh it out. Like it feels so good. It's also... So pleasure doesn't have to be sexual, but when it is, your breath changes, right? So if you're looking for that sense of turn on or like even just in your everyday life or with a partner, sometimes just moving your breath differently can cause your body to react. So like, again, this is my anatomy brain. Like I know that physically this happens in your body, um, but energetically that Breathing is the most powerful tool we have for experiencing pleasure, for manifesting pleasure. It's by far, that's the number one. And don't do anything else. Always come back to number one. Um, the, like for women, it's so important to get to know your body and to cultivate a sense of self-love. We all have parts of our body. It doesn't matter who you are that you're like, ugh. I wish that was different. Uh, you know, uh, you know, you look back to pictures and you think, oh, if only I'd known I was that good looking then, you know, you are 
you are so in incredible now like your body is so amazing every like stretch mark every like little lump that you don't know where it came from or why it's there like everything is so beautiful and incredible and your body is stunning and especially like pelvic floor feminine areas of our body were so uniquely built getting to know those areas of your body and looking at them and repeating like i am beautiful like i am deserving of abundance i am deserving of love i think that that's like a really big one i know we just went from breathing and like escalated quickly to like <laughs> yoni gazing and all that stuff but i think that it's really 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 important as women to to be in a space of awareness of how freaking incredible your body is um, and that it's designed to feel good. I think that that, again, you might get to number two and be overwhelmed, just go back to number one. <laughs> um, and then three would be to have, have the intention to feel pleasure daily and don't let a day go by where you didn't do something on purpose to just feel good um whether that's adding you know a slice of lemon to your water that feels like a really rough day if that's all you get in but you know maybe that's what does it for you but something that gives you pleasure that is unnecessary like braiding my hair you know putting on makeup during the pandemic um putting on a dress or splurging on something that's just totally a spoil for you um even just like massaging your own foot or like you know just like like taking that time to just like celebrate yourself yes and that will link back like to me if you're if that's what you're choosing to do which is a great idea it just links back to this like admiring your body and knowing your body is beautiful like yes i think that's so great um the for some reason the words escape me you know the um, Ayurvedic uh, teachings really encourage you to do these massages every morning. Oh, um, yeah. I always say it wrong, but Abhyanga, yeah, I think. Abhyanga. That's it. Yeah. Um, that's an incredible practice. If you can get into the habit of doing that, like it's just like massaging your whole body and that whole experience. So I like number three is figure out what feels good and don't let a day go by where you don't do at least one thing for it. Your tips are incredible. <laughs> they're all so, they're so wonderful. I am, um, so you were, you were leading a course. I think you said you're uh, finishing up like last week, maybe it was a month long course, I think. Um, do you want to just like talk a little bit about the course and if you're going to be offering it again in case anyone is like interested in learning more from you? Yeah. So I will be running it again. The date is to be determined. So what I'm doing is anyone who messages me to kind of express interest, I'm just putting their name on the wait list. I'm running it in a lunar cycle because I feel like that's best aligned for us as women. So I started on a new moon, it ends on a new moon. Um, and that's just, just about a month. Uh, the course that I'm running now, it's every week they get a variety of things. They get access to a place on my website that has videos, uh, has meditations. I've teamed up with the woman who gave me my yoni massage, actually. Um, and then Amanda Rassam. So that's um, Anne Marie, and she's here in Bali. Then Amanda Rassam is in Ottawa, and she's a 
uh, women empowerment relationship coach. She's really, really incredible. And so she does the intro to pleasure week with me. And then Rochelle Marcotte, who's the pelvic floor physiotherapist, she does the week of the anatomy of pleasure and what it physically feels like. We talk a lot about um, the anatomically what's happening, especially during sex and like how we can feel pleasure, whether it's sex with a partner or sex with ourselves, and ways to empower that whole entire experience. Then the third week is with Anne-Marie, as I said, and she's all about the energetics and tapping into this feminine energy. And then the last week has been all about how do we take all these pieces and all this information and make it something we use every day. And I will tell you, there've been times in the course, like I would say towards the end of week two. So every week we do a Zoom check-in and they get the opportunity to ask questions to the main teacher, main teacher, we co-lead it. So I'm there the whole time. And then I have these guest teachers so they can ask the guest teacher questions or clear up anything or share with the group. And at the end of the second week, just before we were about to do the call, I kind of was like, oh, I feel like people lost momentum. Like I haven't really heard from anybody. And then the next day I just was crying from how much people got out of the material and how life changing it was and, and changes they're having with their partners. Like, past crap that's been hanging on their back for years that they were able to just let go of through this pleasure work. And then it just continued that way. Every week, it's just been an incredible experience. And these, because it's a small group, um, I max it out at 10. Because it's a small group, these women are really getting to know one another and we're able to share things that are maybe a bit more vulnerable. And when you align yourself with people who are moving in the same direction as you. It just helps your momentum so much more. And so they've all decided they have a WhatsApp group chat that they're putting together so that they can all stay in touch. And they have a social distancing coffee plan for those that are in Ottawa. When, when things open up again, they're going to all go out and, and chat in person. So it's been a really, really incredible experience. I've been blown away. Like I knew how powerful it was in my own life. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to like get it all into the pieces of the course, but man, like when people are ready, they're ready. And, and all they need is like an invitation to step forward. And when they do it, it just, it's mind blowing all the stuff that can happen. So it's been really, really incredible. So yes, I am going to run that course again. And I have given myself this week off just to relax and, and decompress a little bit. And I find that gives you the opportunity to come back and be even more creative and playful in the ideas. So I have a bunch of new ideas coming up for um, pleasure and, and then feminine energy. I really want to create some non-gender specific uh, courses and classes and things that can really help people. I have a hard time imagining myself um, teaching men's pelvic floor workshops because <laughs> I'm missing a few key parts to be really particularly an expert in the area, but I do have, there's a lot of anatomy that is all basic for all of us. And I think that that'll be the next step that I'm really looking forward to is to create just courses that people can buy courses that people can experience at home. Um, that has nothing to do with gender and it just has to do with empowering yourself through the connection to this incredibly powerful area of your body, men and women, but especially for women with a pleasure or female feminine energy identifying people. Right. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. 
Oh, cool. You totally answered my next question, which was going to be, you know, what's next for you? And um, I'm really excited that you're just going to keep diving in because I can, like, I'm sure everyone can just like hear the passion in your voice right now. Um, and I think what you're bringing is, is just so special. And I think when you describe the course, like, one of the things that to me sounds so special is just like that opportunity to come together in community as well mm -hmm. and to like support and hold space for each other is is just such a gift especially around this topic of pleasure which sometimes feels like something that we're in alone or especially yes. when it comes to um, sexual pleasure and and what's happening anatomically like it can feel like like we're the struggles that we're having are just our own and so to like form that community is just is so powerful mm -hmm. one of the things that I just want to quickly say so um one of the girls in the group has just spent so much time disconnecting from the pelvic floor area and being embarrassed by anything that was happening there or you know when she felt pain she didn't want to admit it because it felt weird to tell people she had and uh Anyway, through this course, like she's allowed herself to admit she's had pain there for quite some time. And like, she has some very, like some, some things that need to be needed medical attention that she has been ignoring for years and just allowing herself to tap into pleasure gave her the opportunity to be like, wow, there are some things that I've been ignoring for a long time and other people able to like move through like energetically just overcome physical issues that they've been having for a long time, which is crazy to me when energetics can overcome like physical things. It seems like, well, you have to have physical things to treat physical things, but it's, it's amazing when you start working on this pleasure and on this grounding and all these energetic centers in this beautiful space in our body, how powerful that is physically. Yeah, there's so many interconnections and like complexities and magic and like the wholeness of our body and how it all fits together. Yes. Yes. Oh, Jenna, can you tell people if I know they can get in touch with you if they're interested in, in staying in touch, but also like where can they find you? Yeah. So my, all my stuff is my name. My name is Jenna Switzer. Uh, so it's jennaswitzer.com is my website. Needs a little updating. So no judgy. Um, I'm on Instagram at Jenna underscore Switzer and Facebook Jenna Switzer Yoga. So I'm usually, not usually, I am really good about getting back to messages, um, emails, Jenna at JennaSwitzer.com um, or questions through Instagram. Facebook, it takes me, it might take me a few days longer. I've been avoiding Facebook the last little while, <laughs> but I, I'm excited to talk about these topics and and really just like um lit up to share and discuss so any questions i'm happy to chat about for sure oh thank you so so much for being here and uh maybe for staying up i don't know if it's past your bedtime or not yet <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for, for staying up extra late and having this conversation. Um, I am just in awe of, of your journey and what you're sharing and so grateful for these gifts of spaces for us to dive into to pleasure and, um, and to the possibilities that are inside our own body. And thank you from the bottom of my heart. Oh, my pleasure. And I'm sad you can't be here in Bali with me, but I'm really happy we can have this discussion, even though it's long distance. It's so great to catch up. Thanks, Jenna. And that's a wrap for another episode. 
I'm so glad that we could be here together. And as always, I'd love if we could continue this conversation with one another on Instagram. I'm at Megan L. Johnston. You can send me a message. You can also reach out. Uh, You can find all my contact information on my website, MeganJohnston.com. I'd also so appreciate it if you would consider either subscribing to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or even more if you have been listening or if you've found something in these episodes or this episode, if you would take the time to rate or leave a review. These ratings and reviews make the podcast that much easier to find for others who might be looking for it. Thank you so, so much from the bottom of my heart. Until we meet again, let's keep living with heart and with wonder.